0: all right i think we're ready so uh whenever you want to mangle
1: our intro outlaw mangle
2: (laughs) this is the intro (laughs)
1: this is the no like this is the intro
2: yeah this is the intro like this is the intro no this is the intro this is fine yeah so we're talking about stuff tonight or today afternoon i don't know could be morning we're talking about stuff this morning wait are you though
0: No, you're I- I'm Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's the worst Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I we got some old notes here,
1: but he's like 85 <laughs>
0: years old now, so he-, he probably does speak like that anyway. Yeah, I'm Alan Underwood.
2: Uh, Well, fine. We're not going to have fun with it. All right. Um, then I'm I'm not
0: either of those guys. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uh, beautiful. Uh, all right. So, hey, real quick on this this particular episode, we're going to be talking about one of the Gartner research paper things that they have. They have tons of them. Uh, so, I went and found one, and we'll be discussing some of that. And then, and then, Jay Z, what you got?
1: Uh, I want to mention uh, on the code camp. So, we talking about? Right no, now, not, not, the not, not the news. Oh, what we're yeah. going to be
0: talking about other than the news?
1: Uh, oh. Yeah, I have some questions about uh, who Life. we've. Basically, yeah. Who who you've chosen to partner with? I mean, it's like um, the the companies that you've kind of entrenched in your life and what it means and how you get away from them and uh, the things you have to think about. So, oh, I like you know, it. Deep philosophical questions. I like it. Up. All right. So before we go
0: deep into the philosophical things, we need we need to discuss these reviews.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. So uh, from iTunes, thank you very much. We have Debug Doug, which I loved the way that was spelled. The way you spelled that. My other prog lang is Java. (laughs) Is it really though? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Well, because if it's the other, then you're like, what's the first?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, if we bash on PHP, we will lose some.
2: No, (laughs) no. I was thinking. I was (laughs) thinking. I was thinking positive thoughts, man. Put good oh, vibes sorry. out there. I was thinking like Goodbye. you know, somebody's gonna come back with something cool, like a rust or a go. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. All
0: right, there we go. All, right. all right, and
2: then and then Spotify. Uh, I'm I'm getting better at remembering to check Spotify. Um, so uh, Daniel, thank you, Daniel. And I'm figuring like I guess Spotify is doing like first name last names because like you know your account or whatever maybe. But I'm thinking probably. Like, I don't know that. Maybe they I don't didn't know if, choose it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they chose if they realized it. last being shown. So I'm like, mm, I think we said it last time, but I'm thinking maybe we shouldn't do that for the future. Well, that's fair. That's
0: yeah, fair. yeah. I think you're yeah. just you're just trying to. Uh, I want to thank say thank you, last but time. I also
1: <laughs> don't want to like put somebody on blast either. You know? Yeah. 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 right, That's good. Yeah. True. Yeah. No, I, there's definitely podcasts I don't want people knowing that I'm reviewing. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, we know. We know. So so what you got,
1: Jay-Z? You got some news here. Yeah, I just want to mention uh, Orlando Cook Camp, a great free conference in Orlando, Florida. It's coming up. uh, It's going to be end of February this year. And if you're in the area or you feel like traveling, you should submit a talk. I'm looking at you, Scott. And uh, come on over and do a talk. It was super friendly for first-time speakers. Pretty much, uh, if you are, uh, you know, if you submit a talk, uh, you're probably going to get picked. It's not, uh, you know, we're not trying to beat anybody up. So did I just hear you say,
2: there's there was two questionable things that I heard you say. One, did you just uh, like call out someone named Scott?
0: He yeah.
1: Did.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And did you also say do it for the tacos?
1: There's, I don't think so. I didn't hear that.
2: I, I swear. There Roll is the free lunch. Rewind the
1: tape. Rewind the tape. <laughs> I swear. Historically, historically, there has been free lunch. And we have been talking about uh, not doing box lunches this year and maybe doing something else. So maybe some tacos. Hey, so, so when is this one? Uh February twenty
0: fourth. Twenty fourth.
2: All right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, is man. this like Olympic biscuit hey. song? Like I did it off of the tacos or something, you know, like uh That's, that's awesome. a timely reference. Yeah. Is it? Thirty years <laughs> 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 you, why do you have a
0: question, on? like Of course it isn't. That was the joke.
2: Oh god You're like I
0: probably heard that song the other day. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> hey, so um quick question when does the 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 call for speakers end
1: uh call for speakers uh i don't know if we have
0: didn't end yet Should okay probably know that,
1: huh?
0: okay all right well he's going to look that up all right so i've got a piece of news here it is completely unrelated to anything software development but my excitement level for this is on par with um oh man what was the facebook thing that the uh, graphql this, my excitement level is GraphQL levels for this. They, Sony just announced a new camera that's coming out in spring of 2024. And the reason why it's so crazy and so exciting is they are completely 100% changing the game for digital cameras, mirrorless cameras. So I didn't really know this. There's, there's this thing called rolling shutter. If you take a camera and you pan real quick to the left or the right, you'll get what's called a rolling shutter and it'll make like straight objects look like they're bending, right? Like, so if there's a fence or, or a building, like a fish out and kind I of think, yeah, it, it'll warp. Or if you, if you try and take a picture of somebody swinging a golf club, it'll look like it's, you know, a 90 degree angle at some point. I found out why that is the sensors, the way they work in digital cameras is it doesn't read all the pixels out at once. It basically scans down the sensor, right? So, the faster it can scan down that sensor, then the less of that rolling shutter you get. The slower it scans down that sensor, the worse it is, right? So the more jello vision you get. Well, with this A9 Mark three that they're releasing, it's the first quote unquote, quote unquote global shutter that they've created, where every time you snap a picture, it reads all the pixels at once. And so there will be no rolling shutter. There will be none of this. This is the first time it's ever existed and this is going to change the game for all cameras and just the technology behind it. I can't even imagine how it's going to be that fast because this thing's supposed to be able to write like crazy amounts to a card in like a three second period with burst shooting. So I don't even I it, like the whole thing is just crazy. To I, me.
2: I do have a question for you though. <clears throat> yeah. Are you planning to buy one? Ooh, man. Cause have
0: you seen it, the they,
2: price tag on these things?
0: They six bills, right? That's like, and it's not, this it's is not like me $100 saying, like, $100 oh my bills. God, Bugatti's <laughs>
2: coming out with this new Chiron and I'm like so excited about it. It's going to be like, uh you know, it's gold plated with some diamonds on it, but it goes like 8,000 miles per hour and you're like, yeah, but can you afford it? Like, so, well, I mean, so, you know, you don't got to put me out like that. Like what's going on?
0: So this one, this one's a little bit different level of could afford maybe. Yeah, it's um, a little bit. A little bit. So this thing's going to be $6,000 when it comes out. So here's the problem, right? You're not upset with me then when you said the price. (laughs) So the biggest thing is like, if you've ever bought a digital camera, you know that you're in it for way more than just what that camera body is, right? You got to buy lenses. You got to buy all the other stuff. So it's, it's not going to be inexpensive. Am I going to buy it? Probably not. My wife would probably kill me. Um, you'd probably have to find a replacement for me on the show and that would be sad. So I probably won't get this, but what I am excited about is it's just like in cars, right? Like you speak about the, you know, if you go to the top line Mercedes, all the technology in that trickles down to all the other levels as the next year comes up. Right. Right. And I think that's what we're going to see in this world is this technology that they've put in that crazy camera is going to make its way down into the prosumer lines and the consumer lines and all that. This is game-changing stuff. Like the first time in a decade all something right. like this has happened.
2: All right. I I do believe that your wife will kill you. But I don't believe you when you say you're not going to get one. So <laughs> if you're listening to this and you would like to be a part of the show, you can send your resume uh, and we can see like if we can, we're going to need somebody to fill his spot. Cause he's going to, he's not going to be with us much longer.
0: That's a smart move. I, I, I actually <laughs> told her, I was like, look, um, I, I told her, I was like, Hey, there's a, there's a camera Sony announced. And I kind of want it. <laughs> But well, now, that's gonna go. You know, you you've got until
2: February to like keep working, or you know, uh, on it to make her you know see your
0: way, convince dude, her why thing, you know this is what you need in your life. That thing is so sweet. I, I seriously, I want it in ways. It can, it has a shutter speed. It can hit one eightieth, one eighty thousandth of a second, eighty thousandth of a second, dude. Like I, I could go on and on about this thing. I watched the okay. entire announcement. It's it's insane, man. And I, I totally want it and I totally don't need it. But
2: I know. mean, like, I, I feel like. So whatever you're into, right, it doesn't matter. You can geek out to whatever level degree you want on anything. Right. And and camera nerds are a special kind of uh, nerd. Right. Like they're. <laughs> They're there, you know, and, and they're like, but we're equally nerdy as you. You're just, you know, <laughs> guitars or bicycles. But, you know, and they definitely have the, that kind of high-pitched voice. But, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> hey, hey in, in all fairness, right, like, I'm sure you guys have dropped some coins on, on guitars and equipment and stuff. But, but collectively, maybe you spent that much. But I don't know if you've dropped that much on one guitar one yet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I need, I like to have more things for my money. Uh, right. I'll take like 10 things for a hundred dollars over one for a thousand any day.
0: Well, see, man, I used to be that <laughs> way. I'm, I'm struggling with it nowadays, but that, I guess that's the part that drives me crazy about cameras, especially full frame cameras. Even if you get a good price, full frame camera, let's say you spend 1500 bucks on it, dude, every lens for a full frame frame camera is pushing a grand, right? Yeah. Like for a that's on the the low end, right? Like you can get up into five, six thousand dollars per lens, and it's like, okay, I mean, might as well just go buy the Bugatti. <laughs> right. uh, I don't
2: so I just I just did a, a search. I went to Sweetwater and was like, okay, show me guitars from fifty nine hundred to sixty one hundred. You know, hundred dollar swing either way, just yep, to yep, see yep. just to see what I get. There's definitely some Damn. you know. <clears throat> uh six six thousand dollar guitars out there sure yeah of course you know i mean i'm gonna get the esp kirk hammett that because that's just me right I, i'm gonna want like a proper esp guitar which you know they're so expensive why would i ever have that
1: <laughs> but if i'm spending uh, that PS, kind of money. top 10 prs top 10 are great in top 10 woods or 10 top? I don't know what they call it. Uh, it's basically a, super nice every year.
2: You could get a, a Gibson custom 1960
1: Les Paul standard reissue for 6100 Oh, man. Just for, but just by me opening this page and doing this little search that you mentioned, I'm going to get a call for my Sweetwater rep. <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that yeah, really happens, by
1: the way. Like somehow, like they'll they'll call me, they'll text me, they'll email me when I look at expensive stuff on the website. And be like, hey, this is uh, someone so you never heard of me, but I'm your personal rep here to help. Oh, that's hilarious. I, right? I also right. get looking, that from
2: the the alternative the the other version of that is like uh, Guitar Center will do the same thing. Yeah. Okay, like, hey, I see you. Uh, you were looking at this item.
0: Yeah, it make was you spying on me? yo.
2: <laughs> what can <laughs> I do ridiculous. to make you pull that trigger? Uh, yeah. uh yeah. calling.
0: Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous, man. So yes, we, we all have the things that we love, right. That we can spend some money on. Um, I try to be more reasonable when I'm going to do it, but yeah, I, I do kind of love this thing. So,
2: well, I'm all <coughs> on board with you doing this. So if you get it, I'm going to be able to like tell, tell my wife, but, but Alan got a camera. So of course I get to buy this guitar, right? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. I yeah, can buy an so.
2: arrow, a, a, the rusty iron arrow. Did you see that one? That one's only that 6 the, grand. Oh, let
1: me see I that. Mind, An man.
2: ESP Arrow. it's 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 basically like ESP is a brand, right? And the Arrow is basically like their answer to the Flying V that Gibson has that you know, the Flying yeah. V that you would see like Randy Rhodes use or something like that, except that except the points are
1: pointier. Ooh, yeah. okay. Point, pointing's nice. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Offset V. Woo. You, you can spend money on anything you want. I mean, heck,
0: we have a friend that that buys and sells Pokemon cards, and he's bought some that are a thousand bucks, right? <laughs> like a card, yeah. a Pokemon. No, 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 not Pokemon. Um, yeah, uh, magic? magic, magic, magic. They go up from there. Yeah, way up, right? Like some are fifty thousand dollars. It's absolutely insane. So, yeah. At any rate, um, he, at least he's trying to make money with it. I'm just trying yep. to
1: sink money. Our next episode is going to be the uh, Black Friday, isn't it? It is. So, yeah, we need to figure out the rules for that. i got some ideas. Uh Sony A9 Mark three. Oh, man. That's Six
2: sh-
0: grand. Done. <laughs> I think that was supposed to be this episode now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, it, all right, it is. Stop recording. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, we're going to have to put this one out pretty quick then. All right. So, <clears throat> all right, let's get on with this one. And then uh, we'll have to think about what we're going to do for our Black Friday thing. All right. So, the first thing I like I said I went and found this this uh article from Gardner on trends in technology adoption for mid-sized enterprises. We got a link to it. Can we back up just one quick moment though because for
2: those not in the know cuz like every time especially like if you are like fresh out of college or whatever you never heard of this like every time I ever heard of this I always thought of gardening. Oh.
0: <laughs> Garden- and I'm like no. why
2: would I care? What some random gardener thinks about software.
0: Yes, this is with a T, not a D. So
2: okay, so I'm the only one. Fine, thanks. No, no, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I actually,
0: when I first heard of it, I was like, really? What was this? Um, they put out their quadrant too. Apparently, it's like a big company that goes around and reviews software and technologies and finds out, like, if you're a company that makes some sort of software package they'll look at your software and determine whether or not you're really good or you're behind the times or whatever, and they'll rank you on this quadrant and whatever. So you always, when you're a company, especially a smaller company trying to sell product, a lot of times you're trying to rank pretty high in the Gartner. They're like the JD
2: power of software.
0: Yeah, that's a very good analogy.
2: (laughs) But but if you're on the other side of the pond, you're like, no, it's not.
0: I don't. Yeah, what do they have over there? I I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So not JD power. So at any rate, this particular one is, is kind of interesting. So I'll go over, I I have a link for you guys in here. If you want to take a look at the, the thing, um, because I'm sure you'll have some, some stuff that you'll want to pitch in on this. So I'll go through some of the real quick things. So what this was is this was for years, 2022 to 2024. So they interviewed more than 400 mid size enterprises, MSEs is what they called them. And there were 53 technologies and they were mapped based on the adoption stage. So it could be in pilot. It's been deployed in 2022 or deployed in 2023. And then value and risk value, they determined that by looking at, Hey, can we increase our cost efficiency? Can we improve the speed and agility of our business? Does it enable resilience and does it enhance employee productivity? Right. So that's the value, just like anything else that you're looking at. Right. Like if, if I buy Microsoft word, is that going to improve my productivity over me trying to write things in DOS, right? Like some sort of document DOS. Like you'd look at that and be like, yeah, it's a high value proposition.
2: Okay. Um, so, so Docker Kubernetes definitely in, uh improve productivity and things like that IntelliJ doesn't so that's on the opposite <laughs>
1: well, so here's an example actually from the thing i'm going to get
2: some hate mail <laughs> yeah
1: so uh, the um, basically the way the chart's laid out, you can see for any, every individual item whether you know they consider it to be high or low value, and then how risky it is. So, like looking at some of these kind of interesting um, managed IoT services, for example, has uh, medium value but it's high risk. Um, something like. Uh, what, what is some of the stuff? Hey, so <laughs> real quick before journey. before
0: he hits this, let's talk okay. about what risk is because that's important, right? So we talked about how they're determining the value. The risk is what are the cybersecurity risks? That's a big one. Um what's the we're implement- talking
2: specifically about deployment risks,
0: right? Deployment risks. Like what's what's the risk of actually putting this into our, you know, our live infrastructure? Yes, maybe
1: uh, it's just like it's super expensive. It's going to take a long time to roll out. That's a risk. Yep. So implementation risk. Like I, I everything i
0: would ever heard about, what was the old Oracle HR product? Um uh, SAP? No, it might've been SAP. I, no, I think no. it was SAP. I want to say every it. implementation I'd ever heard of ran into the tens of millions of dollars and they always failed. Like, I'm sure there's people out there like, no, we had a success story. But I remember so many companies being like, yeah, well, we tried it and it we couldn't get it rolling. If you're
2: an Oracle executive, you would argue, no, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I made a lot of money.
0: Every um, every
2: install took, uh, you know, it was a multi-year effort. It was great.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Uh, another risk, talent availability, and that actually comes up on some of them. Uh, vendor supply chain disruption. I'm not exactly sure what they meant by that. Um,
1: like maybe I, there's going to be like some sort of potentially like a slowdown or some like a, a, for example, chips not being available or being on back order, stuff like that.
0: So speaking of that, the last risk that they had was geopolitical risks, and chips would be a good one, right for for like wafers and stuff being developed. Um, you know, over next to China and, you know, that whole thing going on over there. So there's all kinds of things that weigh in. So when they look at all this, right, Hey, how valuable is this? And then, but how risky is it? Right. So um, they also did break down some stuff. So it was kind of interesting how they broke it down. So they have the key takeaway. So if you guys scroll down past that, like that donut chart type thing that they had up there, uh, the first one was cybersecurity. So, there's a lot of investment going into MDRs, their managed detection response and response systems, and this is to deal with the growing cybersecurity risks out there, right? Like, um, bit lockers and or not bit lockers, uh, uh ransomware and that kind of stuff, right? The the things that really disrupt business, and I mean, this happened to a lot of like local mun- municipalities within the states, like you know, city governments getting locked down, and a lot of times they're just like, I'm not paying, I'm not paying. We'll just start over from scratch. And so they have to have, hopefully they have good backup plans and all that kind of stuff. So that's lots of companies they said are really investing in this because it's really important.
1: Yeah. It's Uh, interesting. So looking at the, where this shows up in the quadrant, that's one that's a small circle and it's red. And so they're saying it's low enterprise value, which doesn't mean that it's bad. It just doesn't mean it means that it's not going to make money for the to the enterprise. Like, no one's excited about this. Like, CEOs not like, you know, happy. This isn't going to bring more money into the business. And the deployment risk is high. So, on the contrary, this is the kind of thing that like, you know, CEOs are going to be going into kicking and screaming. But it's important. And, you know, like, i just kind of explain like the benefits of this. Uh, but the, the little paragraph here is nice. So, they, they kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, why, why they put it where they, they put it. And they they kind of mentioned that the, this particular market is still in the formative stages for the product. So it's still kind of evolving and changing and uh, being adapted to. So that's really interesting. It's, I I think the reason when you look at the value,
0: it's weird, right? Like you said, it doesn't really add any value to the company. You're not going to make money by putting this thing in play. If you don't put it in place, it could cost you a lot of money though. And that's I, I wonder how hard it was for them to actually put value in that thing for that very reason, right? Like if, if you're a big company and all of your stuff gets ransomware, that could sink you. Like it, yeah. it's, it's not valuable to your company, but it could actually be detrimental if you didn't have things in place to help prevent it. So I, I don't know that kind of stuff is hard and it's getting worse every, every day, right?
1: In the, in the security realm. Yeah, people used to talk about like the the PDR, like pre- prevention, detection, and reaction. And prevention is like you know, good luck. Yeah, of course you should try to prevent every attack. But really, what's more important is the detection and response. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's hard. You, you can imagine that uh, situation where your company has got uh, a ransomware situation. You're like, well, we have been compromised, and we're not sure what to do about it. <laughs> we, the backups have been compromised or didn't exist or we can't restore them or enough stuff's been damaged that we're going to have a hard time kind of putting Humpty back together again. And that's a super, super scary spot to be in. And of course no one wants to be there and you know, heads are going to roll. So uh, that's why these companies are going forward with this, even though they see as low value and expensive, they're, they're doing it anyway. Yeah, they have to. And this so- is one, by the way, that they are rolling out in 2022. So it's in uh, on the inner circle.
0: Yep. So, so the way that this chart reads is the outer circle is in pilot. The, the middle circle or the middle ring is deployed in 2022 and the inner one is, you know, deploying in 2023. So, no, you so know, backwards the, the, did I say it backwards.
2: Yeah. The outer, the, 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 the outer ring you had, right. That's in pilot. The next ring is 2023. Uh, and then the uh, innermost knotted. is 2022. Okay. Okay. Well,
1: expanding towards the future. Right. Things getting wider.
2: Yeah. Goals cool. eye is now. And then you expand from there.
1: Excellent. All right. So where did I go?
0: All right. So the next one up, this is what I've heard as termed sassy and it's secure access service edge. So S a S E. And they're basically saying that this is gaining traction and I'm, I'm not 100% familiar with what this thing is other than the fact that they're saying they're going away from hardware-based solutions <clears throat> for security to cloud-based security services, right? So I'm guessing that's detection. And and I guess the hardware that they're talking about are like network devices that are, that are filtering packets and seeing things as they come in. That's my guess. I think that's what the sassy stuff is, but I actually haven't researched that deep. Um, but there's a big investment in that.
1: Yeah, you said like uh, this is not quite analog, but like firewalls. There used to be different levels that the firewalls could kind of operate on, and like the uh, application firewalls were kind of more popular because you make changes easier, and you could have more advanced rules and configure them and see what's going on. Uh, but they were also less secure because they, you know, presumably get hacked or kind of you mess something up, and and so this is kind of like a another layer on top of that where you kind of have this at your like your cloud service provider level so you're kind of um, governing what's coming in and coming out with a, those kind of rules so it's just like a, a higher level like almost like a firewall for your organization
0: yeah that's running in whatever cloud you're choosing whether it be Google Cloud or Azure or AWS or whatever right like the hope is they're doing it super right so that helps protect your entire organization. Um, the next one, they have abbreviations for all this stuff. So I've tried (laughs) so uh, many acronyms. It's ridiculous, man. Like, so
2: can we hold on? Cause that very first one that you mentioned when you were like MSEs and you know, like that whole first paragraph was MSEs, uh, MDRs, NDRs, EDRs, XDRs. Uh, and then, and then all of those were like repeated multiple times over and over and over. And it was just like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. This is acronym soup right here.
0: Dude, when I, was, when I was actually going through this thing, I was Googling
1: so many things. Every time it would spit something out, I was like, okay, what is this? Yeah, they Let's totally say, just assume that you know what an MSE is. Like, obviously, mid sized enterprise, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, it is mid sized enterprise. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, oh, so I the thought next it was a uh,
2: Microsoft certified engineer. <laughs>
0: yeah. It used to be MCSE. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, ZTNA, Zero Trust Network Access. So this looks to be a big one that a lot of companies are trying to adopt basically to replace VPNs, right? So all, all the big VPNs out there, I, I don't exactly know what the difference between this and a VPN is, but apparently this technology is sort of trying to shove in on their space. Maybe, maybe somebody here knows.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this is true. I'm just kind of you know reading about it now. But by the way, if you search for ZTNA, you're going to get like two full pages of Google ads. Like companies are desperate to sell you this stuff. Like, oh, you're searching for this term. Like, check out our million dollar business. But uh, my understanding is, um, less about like VPN is something that you connect to and you have access to all of it. This is more about like kind of finer grain control, where like you can kind of reach out and grab your stuff, but the access is limited and like, almost like session-based, but I, this, I, like, is, this is like, just me reading. Skipping. Yeah, that's yeah like cursory
2: glance, it looks like the difference is the ZTNA is like you're whitelisting. Here's the things
0: that you can get to. Applications, right? Like you have access to this app, but you don't have access to the network. Yeah, so different, guess, different approach. <clears throat> what were you going to say?
2: I was going to make an analogy, but then I was like, well, I wonder if it would be a good one. But I, I was kind of thinking of like, uh, like portals, like like an octa, where like you know it, it gives you access to certain things. But it it it's horrible analogy for this specific one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's well, funny is like even reading about this stuff, like it's there's a lot of fluffy sales type material in here. So like I just put up a thing. Like what the heck is Zitna? It says, uh, get started with the Zitna. Start with clear business objectives and understand your protection surface. Map no? out your assets. Like geez, what is it? Is that is that where we're going to we're going to pronounce it zitna now? Zoya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also
2: in fairness though, the reason why it's probably like that is that if you go back to the pie chart, this is in the uh in pilot yeah. phase. So this is way out there.
0: Yeah, it's being It's definitely being researched heavy and invested in by companies because they want to, and it makes sense, right? Like if you can keep people off your actual network where all your important stuff is, but just give them access to the edge application somehow, that's, that's a safer approach.
1: So it makes sense, but yeah. yeah. And by the way, if you're looking for a side project ideas, <laughs> Gartner's not a bad place to look at. But like, look at the, the outer ring and be like, these are this is where people are going to be spending a lot of money in the next couple of years. Presumably, it's not a sure bet. But this is what, you know, this Gardner saying that we think this is uh, where the industry is going. So if you want to start a product or if you have a product that is kind of somewhere in a space and you want to like make sure you're kind of ahead of the market and you're go, you're going to be where the your customers are heading then that's, you know, that's the value of garden. That's why people pay attention to it is because they've got a long track record of being right about this stuff. And if you're going to be investing a lot of time and, you know, resources into building stuff, you want to make sure it's building that you're bright and building the right thing. And this is one way to find it. And if you're a developer, this is a
0: good place to look to see where things that are super popular and have high, high value are, and you can get into that space. Right. So yeah, work all the way around. So, The next part is they sort of broke it. They said future of work. Um, Basically, it sounds like they're talking about like future work environments, like what they're investing in for the future of what their work looks like. And one of the the, big this is like how you're going to work. This is the future of how you're going to work. How you're going to work. So, one of the big ones that they are currently investing quite a bit of money into is hybrid and remote work environments. And they're, they're prioritizing that over collaboration and productivity tools, which I thought was kind of interesting, right? So that's a big one. And it makes sense because you have a lot more people working remote and and logging into the networks and doing all that kind of stuff, as opposed to walking into a building and being on the network.
1: Yeah. And uh, the next tool after that kind of ties in that with a little bit, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Uh, It's CADP. Uh, We've all heard of that, of course. Oh, citizen yeah. Citizen Automation and Development Platforms. Yeah, it rolls right off the top. Uh, cat yeah, it's like cat Citizen. P, right? Yeah. So yeah, cat, cat, that's why I call it. Citizen Automation and Development Platforms. Like Citizen Automation? What, what are we talking about here?
0: Yeah, so this one's kind of interesting. I, this is another one I had to Google. So these are low-code solutions. So what this is really trying to do is, is put okay. things in front of business people that aren't necessarily software developers that allow them to extract information quickly. Um, I, I think we had a sponsor at one point that basically allowed, allowed you to hook up to like various different data sources. Then non developers could like quickly create charts and, and, and tables and stuff to look at data. Oh, that's yeah. what this is.
1: I can't oh, remember it who it was.
0: R. So, so that's what this is. Really this cool. is. Retail. That was it. Yep. Yeah. So that's exactly what this is, is trying to let business users, business analysts get to data m- more quickly than having to write software to do it. So these low code, low code solutions. And yeah, I had to Google it and had to read a bunch of fluff to, to get to that.
1: Yeah. And that, the fluff is seriously, like I Googled it. And the first thing it's like, uh, citizen automation and development platforms about democratizing and integrating and um, getting people to work any what? any of these Gartner
2: presentations and document these we are not their audience yeah no, like this is not. these are like c level executives they're gonna like have all these buzzwords and synergies gonna come up and you know <laughs> opportunities and collaborations and whatever.
0: Like, Holistic yeah. approach. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Now you're you're on
1: yeah. board. Hey, I'm i polishing at? up my C- my sea level. Yeah, my sea uh, badge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. By the way, I'm on the the website, just looking at kind of what they've done. Uh, you know, re- more recently, it's really cool stuff. Like uh, they've got a really cool presentation just on the front page where they're kind of dragging, and dropping buttons. So like you like. For example, maybe you click the button to add a customer and it's going to send e- your email address, it sends them an email, it pops them in the database in the right spot, adds them to the appropriate spreadsheet, and it just kind of does this glue type stuff and it's all kind of, uh, you know, drag and drop. It looks really nice. Microsoft the, Access Online. Yeah, the UI is fantastically. It's definitely... Oh, it was good back main. whenever they approached us. Like, it
0: was really good. Yeah. I remember when they gave us a demo, we were all like, oh, that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah. So... Um, one of the next ones that they've got, and, and we've seen this quite a bit is companies investing in cloud systems and cloud storage. So like your company might have Google drive set up, right. And that's where you put all your private things that you're going to share internally with other people in your organization, or maybe it's Microsoft, um, OneDrive. you know, these things are being adopted hardcore for, for multiple reasons, right? Like one, when you store something in the cloud like that, they can actually lock it down so that people that aren't within your organization or whatever can even get it, right? So that's that's a big one right there. But the other thing too is when it's in the cloud, they can scan that stuff a whole lot easier, make sure there's not bad stuff being put out there. And so it's really good. So it's actually like this multi-tiered benefit for them to do it. Now, it does cost something, right? Like they're going to have to pay for that storage, but arguably they're going to protect their data more just by allowing people to be putting things out there and sharing it that way.
2: Well, I imagine too, that you can also like, you can better protect, you can have like versions of documents, you know, you keep his history. So therefore like, you know, going back to your ransomware comment from before, like using that as kind of a mitigation strategy. But then also, um, I remember like, you know, 15 years ago, this existed where like large storage clusters had like uh, automatic file uh, deduplication. So like if you and I both copy the same file up into different folders though, at like the hardware level, it knew like, Oh, it's the same file just twice. So I'll just, you know, have two pointers to it. And, you know, if you think about it, like as an enterprise, if, we're copying like similar kinds of things, you know, like, especially like, I don't want to say like our operating system, but you know, if you were like copying things up that are likely, you know, like documents you get from HR or whatever. And you're like, okay, you know, we, we distributed this out, but you're only gonna be the one copy really, you know, at the, at the hardware level. Right. So like there, there's economies of scale that they can get from that. Um, you know, which is all the more reason why like trying to like lower your costs, why you want to, centralize some of this stuff
0: where you can. All right, so the next one up is deployment of cloud security tools. Those also are being prioritized and that makes sense because with more people working remotely and and doing this hybrid thing where they're in the office two days a week and at home three days whatever, you know, they want to make sure they have this stuff set up, locked down, you know, so that the the data leaks or the the infiltration or whatever of the network they they can lock all that stuff down right so so companies again i i guess if you i haven't even looked at the chart for this one but my guess is that's probably a low value one but it's it's a high risk if they don't do it
2: so you know when we were talking about the remote work environment things i I wasn't even thinking about this like i guess sometimes you can just get stuck in your own frame of reference you know so I immediately read that and was thinking about things like um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, like Google and GCP has it. It's like cloud workstations or something like that. Oh what, yeah. What am I yeah, thinking yeah. of? Like, you know, those virtual types of desktops. solutions, um, strong networks is a, another company that like his, you know, based on that, like, yeah, virtual type of desktops. We're like behind the scenes, it's VM based or something. But you know, that's immediately what I was thinking of. Like, Oh, we're, we're I kind of viewed it as like, we're getting we're iterating closer and closer and closer to where we're we're going back to the idea of the dumb terminal. Oh, they
0: are trying for you sure. Know, like
2: yeah, we're where you know, I'm going to give you as thin a piece of hardware as I possibly can because that way I know you're going to break it. I don't want to lose a lot of money. I know you're going to lose it. I don't want to lose a lot of money. If you do lose it, I don't want all my secrets getting out there, right? Yep. So we're iterating as far as close as we can back to the idea of the dumb terminal which did you guys ever work in like a TN 3270 type session like back in the day?
0: A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Similar stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Like it was almost like a DOS interface to a, to a server. What was a telnet interface? Telnet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, So so that's what we're going back to though, is like in my mind is we're going back to those kind of, those kind of sessions, except it's now it's prettier, you know, it's, you know, it's more graphical, but you know, Yeah. But yeah, to your point though, like if you are the company, of course it's safer and now you can better exercise controls going back to your ransomware mitigation or, you know, whatever, like you can put a lot more controls on like what that, what that, uh, you know, VM like session can do where it can go things that it has access to, to protect you from yourself from like, You know, I'm not going to say that Alan clicked on a link that he wasn't supposed to in a phishing email, but
0: if he did. (laughs) Never happened. (laughs) Definitely not twice. It didn't happen twice, for sure. That's what I actually Actually, it did. It did because iOS, there are some things I hate about iOS because we talked about this at one point. If you were to like hold down on a link to see what the link was, it would pop open the, the browser and try to take you there. I was like, I don't want that. I just want to see what the text of the link is. Yeah, yeah man. And there there are options to be able to not do that, but by default, it just kind of sucked. All right. So, yes, next,
2: I, I feel like we should talk about like, okay, well, I'll save that for a tip of the week. How's that? <laughs> I think I already did that.
0: We did. You did. I, Cause actually when I brought that up back then, you were like, there's a way to do this. Um, all right. So the next one up, this one's pretty interesting. So one that's being, that's being pushed out or they're, they're working on I think this one's in a pilot stage is national, natural language processing. So businesses want to use this, right? So this is the chat GPT type thing, right? Like this is, this is where you can interact with something with your regular language and, and get useful things out of it. But it turns out there's a lot of challenges with this and primarily just the complexity and the ambiguity of the human language that makes this very difficult. So what they're finding is it's really hard to get the models right. So they, they do the NLP stuff and they want to deploy it, but it's just not ready. And so it's something that businesses are still driving towards, but they're not ready to deploy because it's just too challenging. Um, so there
2: was one there was a, a joke about this that I'm trying to remember did you guys see it where it came out Um, I'm gonna find it. it it was like earlier today or yesterday oh yeah I just found it where it's like it's a screenshot that somebody took from a conference and I'm, I'm assuming that it's supposed to be humorous but it's like fine tuning Uh, and this is a cautionary tale for fine tuning like a GPT kind of system like a chat GPT on like 140,000 Slack messages. And so oh you as the user, you've trained this thing, and now you as the user ask it to write a 500-word blog post on prompt engineering. And so the, the chat assistant says, sure, I'll, I'll work on that in the morning. And then, <laughs> and then you respond back, write it now. And the chat assistant says, okay.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. So you can't you So, so yeah, you got to be careful about what your, uh, your source of, uh, you know, you're feeding, feeding these models. What, you know,
1: because it's oh, it. too natural.
2: Yeah. Because if it's slack in that case, then, you know, yeah, that's a little
0: too natural. You're going to get almost supernatural.
2: Yeah. that to work hilarious. out in your favor.
0: All right. So the next like section that they have here is productivity and operation efficiency. So this first one is they're experimenting with the enhanced internet. And I tried to look that thing up and I, and the enhanced internet, I just, I read one marketing article thing that was talking about SD WANs and all kinds of stuff. And I I just didn't get it. So, so am I to
2: understand then that it, your house, you don't already have enhanced internet? <laughs> guess not. Oh. No, just not. That sucks.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, I I truly, I wish that I could give you any information on it, but it really, like, this was one of the ones where it just seemed like complete marketing mumbo-jumbo, and I could not figure out what it actually was.
2: I mean, like, really, do you remember, like, back in, what was it, the the late 90s or early 2000s, like, Web 2.0? Yes.
0: Oh like, God, just
2: stop already. Just I never even up. knew what
0: that was. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: That's my point. That's exactly where I'm going with this thing. Like gel buttons and Ajax. Like as a as a developer, like every time one of these marketing guys comes around you and starts talking their marketing speak, you're just like, Oh man, (laughs) you're lucky this keyboard isn't sharp or I would stab you with it.
0: (laughs) Otherwise I might hit you with the blunt edge of it anyways. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man. All right, so I, I did. I did have a link here to cdsglobalcloud.com slash enhanced dash internet. If you want to try and read it and make heads or tails of it, feel free to do so. It didn't make any sense to me, so whatever. I okay, think it means FTs. Nifties. Uh, Nifties. Uh, we're going here. We go again. So, so at any rate, it says that companies are experimenting with that. Whatever that is. Um, the next one, now this one, I actually do find very interesting. And it makes sense. Companies are investing in artificial intelligence and data science and machine learning to help observe infrastructure across on-prem cloud and edge computing. Now that makes a ton of sense, right? Like that's, that's sort of known things and they can find patterns and all that kind of stuff. So that, that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, they said that this one comes with high deployment risks. That I don't know why, because they don't go into why exactly that is. But even with the high deployment risks, it's still being very highly adopted. So they're finding a lot of value in it, right? If, if it works out, um, Investments in 5G because of the larger demands for networking. That's a big one. They did say there's some problems with that. Uh, I guess gaps in coverage and that kind of thing. But for the most part, they're pushing forward with this one. This one, I actually liked a whole lot and I had to go look it up. Have you guys, either one of you heard of um, API management platform as a service. Yeah. Okay. So I have a link and it's actually a fantastic link. Uh, It's to uh, Microsoft Azure page essentially what it is is this you let's say that your company has written you know 50 software applications and likely there's multiple apis out there for each application what you do is basically like a cloud service will know about all those internal apis that you have and instead of calling those internal apis you call your cloud service api that will basically proxy to those other ones and what that allows it to do is you can set up security in the right way on your cloud one, and you can and you can do all kinds of hooks and things that you want to be in place for your main one, and then it can securely try and talk to all your other ones that, whether are on-prem or in a VPC in the cloud or whatever, it's just a way to be able to know about all the API endpoints that are out there and manage it in one spot. So that was really cool to me.
1: Yeah, you know, when you think about it, it's kind of crazy all, that all these companies, all these orgs are out there and kind of keeping inventory of like all the things that they use and who's using it and who needs access and when their contracts are up and all this stuff. Like you want to centralize all that stuff is gathering up out of the fact is error prone and uh, when there's a problem, you need to be able to act fast. And so the more you can centralize uh, everything, the better. And especially when you're talking
0: about security, right? Like like you have 50 applications out there, you have 150 APIs because each application has more than one API. Some of them are doing security properly, some of them aren't, some of them are doing TLS, some aren't. So if you're talking to the one place that you absolutely did it right and then it's the only thing that has access to your internal ones, you've sort of secured things a little bit better already just from all the things that are trying to request access to it, right? So that that to me is very cool. Um I have to imagine it's a bit of a pain to do cuz now you have to take inventory of everything and figure out what could be passed to it and all that kind of stuff. I have no doubt it's a challenge to even do this. But they said one of the biggest problems here is there's talent shortages in this space, which kind of makes sense. It's it's sort of new. So Yeah, uh, can I back up for a moment? You may. So
2: uh, I've been kind of looking at this link since you you shared that. Which one, the Azure or the CDS Global Cloud? That one, the enhanced internet. It's exactly what you think that it would be. It's just faster internet. (laughs) That's all it is. Okay. But but if I'm reading this correctly, because what they're describing here is that like, you know, even in some of the stuff that we've already talked about so far, right? Like you're moving to more cloud-based things. That means you're moving to more internet-based solutions. Right. And so like now the things aren't on-prem, you know, it's not, you, you have the higher latency. So things are, are uh, you know, you need, you need that speed, but that's great. Okay. So now it's working out great for like, you know, developed parts of the world. but now in the not, you know, as developed parts of the world, they can't take advantage of that. So it's like, okay, well, we got to solve these problems, to, for that right and especially going like cross cross uh the, the across the pond or like oh hey what if you know we you know had had direct connectivity to these cloud exchanges things like that like that's
0: that's what i'm reading from this okay so just faster more reliable yeah yeah okay all right like oh yeah. oh well
2: you just said a dumb thing of course that's what it was going to be i'm sorry
0: all right <laughs> beautiful thank you uh All right. So that, that was it for the productivity and the operation efficiency. Like I said, the, the API management, one thing, I I thought that was pretty awesome that that actually makes a lot of sense to me. All right. So now the last thing I did here was sort of what Jay-Z was starting to do at the beginning, which was, you know, Hey, let's talk about just a few of the, the high value, high risk, high value, low risk type things. So I figured I'd just list out the ones that I thought were pretty interesting that were like high and high or high and low. Um, so the high-value, low-risk item that's currently being piloted is cloud data warehousing. So, I mean, that makes sense if you can it get away like from big why, energy why and a that, bunch of disks on prem. Sure, big. So is
1: that the change? Then is it? Yeah, is that that we're moving it to the cloud instead of keeping it? Uh, I don't know wherever we were keeping it before. That's what I'm saying. Is like haven't we been doing this for years? I think that's the goal
0: is instead of managing big Hadoop clusters locally and and that type of thing, we I think the, the whole goal is to move it up to where you're not having to manage all that actual hardware infrastructure and all the
1: nightmares that come with that, right? So I think that's what this is.
2: This is another yeah, one re- in in pilot mode, though.
1: Right. Yeah, that's why it's weird because it's like that's not, you know I feel like we've been talking about that forever like we like we've about data lakes years ago and like are we like when we say warehouse are we meaning like consolidating to a single platform and getting away from the lake of mixed data sources? No, they're different. I mean, a, a data warehouse is is different than the data lake, right? But yeah, I think data not, warehouse means like one product know, one service.
0: But but the di- the
2: key difference here, though, Joe, is that you're not coming from a mid-size enterprise.
0: Right, right.
2: That's the key difference because they define mid-size enterprises that the revenue okay. is greater than 50 million but less than a billion. And so we're talking about, you know, smaller companies than than what you're th- basing that experience on. Okay. Cuz you're coming at yeah. it from like an Amazon, Amazon. type of world, yeah. you know, where it's like, what do you mean you aren't already doing this? We're talking about like, you know, your Growing. mom and dad have a really good business. Yeah, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, if your mom and dad okay. here after that kind of good business, then they doing all right. Yeah. They're going to buy the eight nine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they will. Uh, <laughs> right when it comes out in February, too. That's They're right, just in
0: February. That's right. Um, all right. So some of the high value, low risk items, and these have been deployed or are being deployed. I thought these were interesting because this this is kind of like what a lot of companies want, right? I get a bunch of value and I don't really have to worry about it much. So. Security orchestration and automation and response. They call it SOAR. Of course, they have an acronym. Um, Digital experience monitoring. Don't know exactly what that is, but whatever. Robotic process automation. Sounds like probably what it is. Virtual machine backup and recovery makes sense. Integration platform as a service. Lots of words. Uh, SD-WAN, software-defined WAN is what that stands for. This goes back to your enhanced internet enhanced internet. I saw that in the page. Didn't know what it was till I got down here and then network detection and response, right? Like we've already talked about that. That's your security products and stuff. So those are all the things that that they're investing in that are high value, low risk. Now the high value, high risk I thought was also interesting, right? Like they, they're doing it because they see a lot of value in it, even though they also see potential lots of problems. So zero trust network access, the thing that we talked about earlier that we finally defined that was giving you like um, isolated level access to applications instead of getting on your network type thing. Artificial intelligence, IT operations, also known as AI ops. That's a big one. Cloud application discovery. Not 100% sure what they mean by this. I'm sure that I should have Googled it. Um, Hybrid cloud computing makes sense. AI cloud services and cloud managed networks. So
1: all of those are high value, high risk. I got a fun question. If you were starting a business, what would you aim for? None of these profit profit. I mean, like if you, so yeah, if you were just trying to make money, would you go for high value, low risk or high value, high risk? I think if Man. you're just starting
2: a company and you look at any of this as to like, oh, we need to yeah. focus on this, then you've already failed. You're doing it wrong. Right. Just get right. your MVP out there. That's what I would be focused on. Yeah. Make some money.
0: Get and then some, get learn your mistakes. Up. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the one thing I probably would look for though, if, if I was starting a business, probably I would more than likely go cloud, even though it's going to be more expensive, but they protect you from a lot of things. Right. So you would hope, unlike I think what GitLab got hacked or whatever years ago, but if you put your code in GitHub, you kind of protected, you hope, right? Like you're not going to have to worry about somebody ransomware um, ransomwareing your stuff, I wouldn't think. So I think I'd probably try and go that route just to so that I don't have to worry about whether or not people are protecting my internal infrastructure properly.
1: Yeah, I noticed that OS containers is uh, low-risk, high-value get on it
2: so is infrastructure as code
1: yeah oh you know here's a fun one i noticed um disaster recovery as a service like that seems uh really complicated but you know but it depends on how big your company is but you can imagine how important it is like if you could find a company that would say hey we're not just like a backup and recovery as a service we'll like get your business going back you know getting getting back up so if you get uh take it out or your um, data center goes down or you have some sort of, you know, major worldwide outage or something uh, to be able to kind of like stick, stand you back up, you know, and they just manage that. Like that's crazy powerful. You could say like, it's worth a lot of money, but it also seems uh, really hard, like as a, pr- to make a product that can do that. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of details you have to
0: get right. Well, Can you imagine something automated doing that for the kinds of things we
1: work in? No, no, I, mean, I can't <laughs> even do it once. How am I going to automate
2: it? Here's here's a fun game though. So because you'd mentioned cloud data warehouse as being uh, high value, low risk, but cloud databases are high risk, low value. Really nice. Yeah, it's on the same. It's it's the middle right. middle ring in the same slice of pie.
0: Why would that be low value? Isn't that weird? Range? Like the two those two things are like what? Well, that seems contradictory, right? That's completely backwards. That doesn't make sense. Like, I, I mean, all right. So let's let's talk on that for a second. Why would it be high risk to have your database running in the cloud? Well, I, I guess it all goes back to
2: defining uh, the data warehouse then in that regard, that's kind of what I'm reading in between the
0: lines here is that but this is a database. It says DBMS like that's Yeah. yeah, yeah but data where, but cloud
2: what? data warehouse, they might not be talking about like a relational database like that. Like you, you mentioned a Hadoop before, right? Right. right? So that's I, I, where I'm I like reading between s- the lines and thinking like, Oh, okay.
0: I just don't see how it'd be high risk to run your database in the cloud. I did. Uh, unless they're talking now it could be cost because that was one of the parts of risk right was the cost to implement and it is definitely more expensive to run run your big database server in the cloud depending on the amount of cpu you need and the amount of storage and all that it could be i mean we talked about a while back the the stack exchange or um stack overflow the, the numbers you need to know yeah, the, their their architecture diagram and the reason why they actually run SQL Server themselves was because I think they said that for the cost of their SQL Servers, it would have been, they would have spent more in a month in the cloud than what they were doing self-hosting that stuff. So, you know.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, you, that was a different one that you're referring to the Stack Exchange uh, architecture.
0: Architecture, yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and, and that's been a minute. So I wonder like, what that looks like today you know is is that still true or like you know how much did it change um i thought you were talking about the uh remember that the numbers that every developer should know and then there's the new updated version of like yeah the numbers that every cloud developer should know yeah i thought i thought that's the one you were referring to
0: no the one i'm talking about is stack slash performance And so they basically run four SQL servers in two different clusters themselves. Hmm. And there was a blog article at one point that said, the reason we do this is it would cost us more than a month or or the cost of the cloud for one month would be more than what our entire infrastructure was. Right. So that could probably be why that, that one line is red.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, how about we, uh, Take a mental break. I mean, mental blocks break. <laughs> uh, Yeah. You
0: ready? Hey, wait, you skip the thing. Hey, we need a review. Uh, um, Joe actually convinced somebody that a five-star is oh, preferred. Did. He, did. he did. He preferred. All right. <laughs> we, we do prefer a five-star. So if you haven't had a chance and you actually somewhat enjoy what we do here, uh, if you wouldn't mind going to codingblocks.net slash review, and clicking one of those nice little links we have there and go drop us a line somewhere say hi and accidentally click that five star that'd be amazing.
2: Yeah, I forgot I forgot about that his uh the title of his review was something along the lines of uh today i learned five stars are are preferred. Yeah, that
0: was nice, right? Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. It, seriously, we would we'd appreciate it if you do that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so uh, we are...
2: It's time for Mental Blocks! Because we, we have different theme song. Um, so, this is episode uh, twos. So, Jay-Z, you are first, according to right. the trademark rules of engagement. You've won, like, the last five. You Look you that, man. You, you won the last one... And at least the one before it, I forget what your and the one is before at. that
0: for sure. I think I'm at three or four, man.
2: This is, okay. this is exciting. Dang. So, uh, Jay Z, you are up first. Your category choices are <clears throat> Coach Beard.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: A trashy category landmarks. I am a champion, or, huh? In any time and i say it like that because there's there's all responses contain a double n okay and the last one is the book with no pictures
1: oh geez uh so i want to coach beard is probably uh ted lasso stuff right but um it also could be just coach stuff so i don't know (laughs) Um, there was another one that sounded good that I've forgotten, so I guess we're going Coach Beard. Well, with I can tell
2: you if you won't give me a hint. Okay,
1: what's the good? What's the other one I should take? <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Oh, uh, I think double N was the other one I was thinking. Um, or landmarks. Um, uh, let's go with uh, let's go with double N for uh, three hundred. Whatever.
2: Okay. Born in the 1980s and early 90s, they're often depicted as tech savvy. And maybe just a
1: bit entitled. Uh, what are millennials? That is correct. Is Can you the- read me a coach beard one? though? Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's too easy. To keep your beard nice and tidy, Cremo offers a brush whose bristles are made of the thick, sturdy hairs of these wild pigs. What are
1: boars? That is correct. Wow, okay. That's not what I expected. Um, It's not what I
2: expected either. Yeah. I was curious about the trashy category one, though. Uh, All right, give us one. If walking in the Smithsonian with a used gum wrapper, don't put it in the trash can occupied by him on Sesame Street.
0: Who's Cookie Monster? Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Oh, man. Cookie Monster, uh, like I don't want any Wasn't cookies an that you game? might be making. Was he not a trash can? No. no, it was Oscar, no. okay. dude. I, when was the last time you watched Sesame Street? Come on, <laughs> it's I, been a minute. It, I, yeah, but I still
2: know who. I know the difference between them. I know. Cookie, that's
0: good enough for me. Yum 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 yum. <laughs> <That's messy. laughs> uh, when you have grandkids, they're gonna love you.
2: Uh, All right, so, Alan, it's your choice. Your turn. What's new in history? Pop culture. U.S. stamps. Shoe biz. Starts with a silent letter. Or Thomas Edison. Starts with a
0: silent letter for three.
2: Okay. Whether it begins with a silent T or a silent C, it's the title of a former ruler of Russia.
0: Czar. That is correct. Dang. Look at me.
2: Boom, boom, boom. Taking taking my notes here. Got us a game. Yeah, we do. All right, Jay-Z, this is your chance to walk away with it. Your categories are some serious science, vacation spots, two words, three letters each, that book title is misleading Brit bits or Johnny Gilbert is the TV character.
1: Not that one. Uh, so do we want to do twos and threes or the serious science? Uh, let's try serious science and we're tied. So let's go with the first one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love, I, I love how, like, you know, the, the audience knows, doesn't get to see this, but like, he says that and then immediately h- hangs his head in shame
1: yeah. and
2: like covers his face so that we can't see him because he's like, oh, I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm hiding.
2: All right. got well, this one's for you. You're right. Newton's third law of motion is often stated as for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Dang oh, it! I, thought I was like, hey, "What's the question?" <laughs> <laughs> Man, all right, that, that was serious. Whew, I mean, that was that was tough. You got me. Phew. Yeah. So uh, streaks over. Hey, I think I
0: think we we need to modify the rules because oh. I, I, I like what we're doing here, but I think that we should get the number of points for the level of question we ask that, that yeah, we get. It
1: does make sense.
0: Yeah, so if you ask for a one, you get one point. If you ask for a three, that's how you get we started it. Though, well, we need to go back to that. I like it.
1: Yeah, the next time that is.
0: Yeah, next time. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I I don't mind starting another streak.
1: Okay, I mean we can.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think we should.
2: Yep. All right, I'm done. Or or, what you know, one alternative could be that we don't we we still stay with the right or wrong thing. But the other person, like if, if Jay-Z gets it right on the first try, then Alan gets a chance out of those same category choices. Oh, that goes on too long. Oh yeah.
1: Fine. I was also thinking like, uh, for, you know, the, the person who has two questions has an advantage, right? So what if the other person picked the second topic?
2: Mm. So of me so me picking my
1: category for question two, I don't but then
2: he, then you're just changing
0: who has the advantage because then the second person can pick right. the hardest, right? Hardest yeah. category, hardest level. I think the number, I think the number does it right. One through yeah. five, you get the points for whatever you, you answer. Okay. But I think you
2: know, do you recall it. that is originally where we started and we didn't like back. that. We quickly, <laughs> we very quickly didn't like that one.
0: We're going back to our roots. I don't know why we didn't like it. it yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> We'll remember, it's our well, game. you we had we you had
2: the same you had the same problem because whoever goes first, uh you know, can lowball it and and go for low points just to get points on the board. Yeah. Then the next person who goes second; they have to go with the five. What choice least do they some have?
0: Strategy, right? Like then I mean, the next
2: then 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 the person who's going the second time, they don't have to go as hard to beat they could if they did three first and rounds one and three they would beat whatever the second round was
0: okay let's put a spin on it then first two rounds first two rounds are you you pick the points and if you get it then you get those points right third round you do like like uh, final jeopardy you pick the category you pick the question we have to blind um put our wages in or something like that we have to tell our wages and uh and then So you want to gamble your points yeah gamble our points that sounds like fun
2: Well i mean what we could do alternatively like well i mean there is that is a Je- final jeopardy is a trademark thing from jeopardy so we won't steal everything but what we could do is you do the points for rounds 1 2 and 3 and then there is a final round and that's the one that you gamble your points on I like that too Right I like that yeah. too it can make it work. Yeah we can do that uh right. if if we were doing the final round this time it would be notorious places and your yeah. your answer would have been Al Capone played banjo in a band called the Rock Islanders at this notorious spot
1: somewhere in Chicago I got oh, nothing no. I
2: I haven't looked at the answer yet but I'm going to bet Alcatraz
1: No Oh wow Really? Rock Islanders. Oh, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Dang, look at this. You never get to answer questions. Uh, It is Alcatraz. I am Alcatraz. Wow, nice. Yeah, very good.
2: Yeah. Because, I mean, how can you hear like the rock? And then, and he was like, you know, the most
1: famous inmate. So, yeah. Yeah, So, what are we talking about next? Yep. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, I ran into an interesting problem recently, which I'll, I'll describe here in a second, then I'll tell you what questions it's led me to. Uh, so, uh, I have a vanity domain or whatever you call it, like joezack.com. And, uh, that's been my primary Is that what, email really address. what we
2: call those? Vanity domains? That's what yeah, I call them. Yeah, that's what I called name. them forever.
1: Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I had a blog there. I haven't really updated in forever. Yeah. So it's just been kind of nice. So, like people know my name. It's easy to say, hey, my email address is blah, blah, blah. And, um, it's, I've been using it for primary for years. And you know, your, your email is super important. Uh, you use it to log in, uh, to tons of things and use it to reset passwords Uh, a lot of times like um verification codes things like that like if you transfer a domain or something or uh, one-time passwords will get emailed there stuff like that so your your email is super important and it's it spreads out to all sorts of places well uh i started getting um bounces on sends to gmail addresses and so i looked and uh google instituted a new policy looks like a couple weeks ago uh, where they require uh, some uh, domain. There's a couple of different ways to do it. Basically, a, D- a DCAM record or SPF record in your uh, resource. Uh, so like a custom resource associated with your DNS, right? And it basically just uh, it limits who can send emails to your... Uh, it limits what mail servers will accept from your email sent through your domain uh, it's a security feature it basically verifies or or gives a
0: trust level to your email
1: yeah so I would say hey the only people who could send emails through jozak.com uh, servers are jozak.com email addresses mm-hmm. right super easy so uh, I was like okay well that's easy enough to add I found a sample rule I just need to go add this custom resource and that's something in DNS if you ever set up like a website or you know done anything like that Super easy. You basically go in, you pop down, you know, you select your type of record, you paste your thing in, there you go. It takes like 24 hours to roll out everywhere. Uh, super easy. So I go to my Google domain, which is where I bought the domain through, and try to do it. And uh, the spot in Google domains where you add your custom resources is gone for me. And there's this big message about how they're transferring, you know, because we talked about this. Uh, Google domains is. Uh, they're selling they sold off that portion of the business squarespace and they're transferring the management over to squarespace but they haven't done it yet so they're in this weird transition phase where you still manage your uh, domains through google domains but they got pop-ups everywhere telling you that it's going away and this is transitioning and uh, eventually you need to sign into squarespace and so i suspect that's There's something about that transition that's keeping me from updating my domain records because the box is not there. I found the screenshot. You know, I've watched videos on YouTube of how people add custom resource records for their domains. I can do it on other domains. This domain is missing. And, you know, the problem with Google is one of the problems with Google is you can't call them. Can't call up the Googles and ask them what's going on. There's no live chat feature there's no customer service. Uh, I found a little box for sending them feedback. And I told them, you know, a little piece of my mind. <laughs> That's it. Right. So it disappears, uh, goes off into the ether. Yeah. So there's nothing I can do. They've, they're they like, you know, I've paid them. They've got my domain. There's nothing I can do about it. So what I've done is basically transferred my domain somewhere else, you know, and I'm going to go have to manage it there. But that could take up to 15 or five it's up to five days. It'll probably go through faster than that. Uh, but it's just a pain in the butt. Is but that it kind why, of got me thinking. Is that
2: why okay. jozak.com is down right now?
0: Is yeah. it down? Yeah, it's just a Squarespace uh, dummy page.
1: Oh, um, no. Yeah. <sighs> well, I guess so. I guess I need to. That stinks. <laughs> You're so
2: calm. I
1: it's just annoying. I've been dealing it. I feel with it. like it's
2: deflated is what it is. Like I didn't yeah, mean to burst the bubble. Like I thought you I thought that's where you were going with all of this. Now I feel like I just gave you additional bad news.
1: Yeah. Like, now I'm just, would you rather play mental blocks? blocks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and of course, like all this happened, like it all like I figured it out when I sent someone an email saying I wasn't gonna make it to something. And then they text me, you know, later the night I'm supposed to be there saying, Hey, where are you? And I'm like, I sent you an email. And guess what? It didn't go through and I was in the middle of traveling out of state and doing some other stuff and spending a bunch of time in a car. And I'm trying to, you know, do this decam stuff on my phone on the side uh-huh. of the road, you know, so like super annoying. And so I eventually just gave up and, you know, like lived, decided to live without email for a little bit. But when I finally got back, to, you know, to a computer, like I literally legitimately cannot edit this. So I transferred my domain. I'm going to fix it. But here's my point. Uh, other than being frustrated that I can't send an email to Gmail because of Google Domains. Uh, that's pretty irritating. Uh, but got me thinking it's like, well, you know, having my own domain, it has been kind of a pain in the butt. There's been several times when, like, custom, custom emails. You know, I've had this thing for like 15 years or 20 years or something. Uh, it's just been a pain. I've switched to email services several times. I've had issues with the domain sometimes. I'm having an issue with the domain right now where it's going to a landing page. I'm kind of tired of messing with So uh, I want to just get an email address that is going to be stable, it's going to be safe. I would like to own it. I would like to not worry about it being pulled out of, uh, from under me, but that's kind of hard to choose. Like you kind of have to decide who you're going to invest your email address in and stick with them because it's really tough to change. I was curious what y'all thought about, like who you would use, uh, if you had to do it over again, like who you would kind of pick to have your primary email address with.
0: Man, I've thought about this so many times and i've never had a good answer like i've i've almost paid for one of those um
1: email hosting services uh, that's why it's now and it's messed up <laughs> oh are you really yeah but it's because i can't modify the custom resource records which is on the domain level not so it has nothing to do with the email service he was oh, using he was using google
0: uh, you were using google for your yeah. com email address Ah, yeah. i got you oh that see that's even worse yeah, i don't, don't through all stuff I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. So,
2: okay. If I understand the spirit of the question though, like would you, I think what you're asking is ultimately like, would you get, if you had to tell somebody like, Oh, Hey, you know, go set up a new email account. Should they do like a hotmail account or a Gmail account versus, Oh, just get your own domain name and set up, The DNS so that it goes through a
1: a Google or whatever, right? Yep. And now that you know just how important a role email plays, like in your adult life, if you were like coming into adulthood right now, what would you do for your like one and done email address? Google, Gmail, Google and Gmail. Um, Oh, that would have been my answer until I started having problems with them. (laughs)
2: So, yeah, but no, you're in the third category, though, where yours isn't Gmail. You're talking about, like, you yeah. have your own domain, and you're using, uh, well, what did they used to call it back in the day? Like, it's Google G for small suite. businesses, or yeah. G Suite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's what
1: you're talking about, so that's different. Which is deprecated, so it's it's on, it's, on borrowed time anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah. they they
0: That's one of the things that sucks about Google, and we've talked about it so many times, is the fact that they just sunset stuff like it's nothing. Like, they don't care.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, like man, I'm torn on it. Like I love Gmail just for the fact that it's really good at weed, not the garbage, right? Like that's, that's one of the reasons why I love it. I hate it because Google has all my information. Like I, I straight up hate that. Like I don't trust that company. Um, it's why I went away from Android, right? Like it's why I'm on iOS now. So I I would be tempted like GoDaddy. I I just searched and GoDaddy has $1.99 a month and they manage it and they're not getting rid of that service, right? Like they're not like Google where they try things out and they're like, well, this isn't my bread and butter. I'm not doing it anymore. Like this is how GoDaddy makes money is with domains. So I don't know, maybe I do that, but then who knows is, is their filtering as good as, as Gmail. That that's the one thing that I would love to test out is who does as good of a job making sure I get the messages I care about, and back burner the garbage right like yep. that's that's what i'd pay for and i, yeah, I like know.
1: having my own name because if uh you know google just bans me or whatever like i could just move my email somewhere else and i'm not like totally hosed on all these things i, I can point it wherever i need to, to point it i can pick the best of breed whatever services i want downside is uh i, I don't want to do that anymore i'm tired of dealing with little problems even if it's rare it can happen at bad times like when you're on the road or you're dealing with contract type stuff or you've got important emails you're sending and assuming that people have gotten them yeah man I, I thought about maybe like if i had to start over again i'm like well i do like microsoft and i feel like microsoft's got a good track record of being backwards compatible and like friendly to the customers so i thought about like a, I think you have like outlook.com addresses or live.com addresses i probably have several of each I could just swap over to iCloud's nice because they protect you and you can do that cool thing where they kind of mask your email address uh, Mm -hmm. all the time. So if I started using that uh, Gmail is very convenient. They're like probably the number one email host right at this point.
2: Yeah, I I would, I would definitely, my preference would absolutely be uh, Google Gmail specifically. But the one downside is that because it's so wildly popular, the chances of you getting a name that you actually like or want, like you're going to be there for days and hours trying to like, okay, is this one available? Is yeah. Is this one available? Is this one available?
1: <laughs> yep. So yeah. Zitna at gmail. Yeah. I'm with you, man. That, one, that
0: one's tough. And you're right. Right. Like you probably use that email address for everything. And now that you're having pain with it, everything's going to be a problem everything yeah.
1: and if i, I switch to gmail and gmail like for whatever reason uh just pulled pulled my account cancel my account and like now all of a sudden like i'm calling my bank because i can't get the one-time code i'm calling my whatever like i don't want to do that you know i've got oh uh, so yeah, like hundreds of accounts
2: your your gmail account is also not working now you're saying
1: no i just live in fear of that oh and, you know like there, there's been um i remember uh, some game developer i think it was the guy from braid maybe or something <laughs> got, like got their account pulled never figured out why they were never able to get it restored. They weren't, weren't able to sell like some, some of the things that they had like on various storefronts and stuff, uh, because they the game that they were selling was associated with it. so it was like a, this big bad thing. And even though they were, you know, presumably making a lot of money for Google, there's no telephone number to call. There's no nothing, you know?
2: Well, Google did send out a notice that they were changing their policy on like when they would, um, retire accounts, So, like, you know, if you have a period of inactivity for uh, whatever your account is, then Uh um, they did change that recently. But, I mean, it's a pretty long period, though. It's not like it's going
0: to be a week. But Yeah. Man. I, I don't know. Even the cloud storage, that seems like that'd be easier, but it's not. Like, you guys remember when Amazon was offering, like, photo storage? And you could like tack it onto your prime thing, whatever. Yep. And you could upload, you know, your, you know, hundred gigs of photos or whatever. And then they sunset that service because they weren't making any money off of it. And it's like, man, like you're not even safe in paid solutions like what you're doing, Jay-Z, even with large companies. So it's, it's tough. I, I think what you said about Microsoft makes sense. Like they don't have, they don't have this pattern of constantly shutting down services that they started up. Like the, it's not in tryout mode, you know? So that one definitely feels safer, but I don't know, dude, this, this is a tough question. It makes me wonder about, about what I would
1: do in some situations. Yeah. I still have hundreds of photos on Flickr. I should probably do something about that, huh?
0: (laughs) Probably. Um, Oh
1: Yeah. Uh, I wrote down a couple other things. So I'm, I just mentioned, like you know, uh, a couple other things, like services I've kind of partnered with over the years. So I mentioned Google domains. Like I've got a ton of domains uh, that are Google domains. I'm not too uh, enthusiastic about it right now, and I also don't want to go through and transfer all of them. Kind of kind of stinks. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily want them going to Cloudflare since they're going somewhere. Like uh, I've heard a Cloud. Uh, sorry, I said this, uh, I meant to say Squarespace. Uh, I'd rather have them under like something like Cloudflare or whatever. But uh, transferring domain uh, stinks. Fun, it yeah. what it? What it reminds me of, those like you know, when we're talking about the
2: trying to set up a Gmail account and you know, ha- having to like randomly pick a name, and you're going to get something awful because all the good ones are taken. You know, because 8 billion people on the planet have at least one Gmail account. Mm-hmm. Yep, do you guys remember the Saturday Night Live skit for Dylan Edwards Investments? No, <laughs> okay, I'll give you a link, I'll include it in the in the notes, but there is a Saturday night live skit for this investment company with a normal sounding name, Dylan Edwards investments. And in the commercial, they're like, we were a little late getting on the internet, but that's why you can find us at www.clownpenis.fart. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's right.
2: And that's the kind of, that's the kind of name that you're going to end up with, you know, for your, your Gmail. Cause you're going to be so late getting to it.
0: but Yeah. Dang so yeah, transferring domains stinks. Um cloud storage would be an absolute pain if you needed to. I think I think you're okay with Google Drive or OneDrive or Dropbox, iCloud or
1: all of them. Like Yeah, those should be fine who just has one of those money. now? Come on. Say what? Who just has one of those? Like everyone's got at least two. Yeah, we got lots.
0: Um backups. Uh like you can do like Backblaze or
1: yep. one of those? Yeah, that's something that It's like, uh, it's not hard, but if you've got like a family's worth of devices all back- backing up to Backblaze and they all have the clients installed and configured and stuff and you decide you want to switch over to uh, Mosey or wh- whoever else is out there now, uh, it's kind of a pain, you know, it just kind of stinks and there's going to be a period where you're either kind of double <laughs> doubled up or you're going to go without backups being available. That's I will scary. say for backups,
0: I do my NAS at home. Like, mm-hmm. I... I don't. I don't know if it's I don't want to pay for the cloud storage that would cost to get the backups that I need, or I just feel better having my private stuff locally. I'm not sure, but I definitely use my NAS for that. Yep.
1: And here's some funny things too. Like um, I don't really think too much about like uh, backing up like my contacts, for example, on my phone, you know, phone number stuff like that, because you know it's associated with the phone, and like it's easy to get a new phone and just transfer it over and stuff. But if Google just pulled my account just ban me uh, like that would sink so I'm going to like print that out you know like how do you back up your phone contacts you know like i'm sure there's some way but unless you're doing it on a schedule unless you're using some some other service that you have to remember to do it's just uh just kind of scary so like there's all this stuff that you've just kind of over time like invested in you've let these companies like more and more into your life and it's hard to get them out and hard to protect yourself about you know if they ever abandon you that's true i hadn't even thought about that's that that's
2: why you synchronize to all of them and then yeah. you don't
0: have that problem,
1: <clears throat> right I mean you're not wrong
0: <laughs> i
2: I wasn't kidding either
1: <laughs> yeah no i'm I'm using multiple of these services now it's kinda of hard to even figure out the the passwords is also i mean we
0: all talked about LastPass. I think did all three of us abandon LastPass? I'm on bitwarden now I where like, oh, you are yeah, I know Joe Zach is yep, yeah, um. It, it, part of it for me wasn't just the fact that they had the breach thing and that whole unknown, whatever had happened there for a while. It's also the fact that they kept jacking the price on me. It was like, really, dude? Like, you've tripled the price on me in a few years. Like, that's that's not the thing. You need more money to make expensive. it more
2: secure. Did you hear
0: about our breach? <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. So. So that, that part is kind of what pushed me over the top was like, okay, you got a breach. You're not being honest about it. We'll say for a while. And, and you're also raising the price on me. Every, every chance you get, um, I'm gone. I'm, I'm already over the subscription model of our world now where Netflix is jacking the price every other day. Chick-fil-A is jacking the price every other day. (laughs) Like, And I see Chick-fil-A as a subscription because most families go there (laughs) five times a week. So, um, but no, I mean it's it's seriously gotten hyper annoying with with everybody just jacking the prices up, and it's like yeah. at some point I'm going to cancel all of you. You know that,
1: right? There you yeah, go. you know YouTube. Uh, I I did their service for a little bit, where so I didn't get ads. It was mm-hmm. amazing. I would like it, you could turn the screen off on your phone too, so you could just like listen to videos in your pockets. Wonderful. Uh, they upped the price to 16.99 a month. Oh, it went up from 9.99. Yeah. Oh, man. It went up from nine to eleven and eleven to sixteen. I'm like, no. No, man.
2: Is this like <laughs> but okay, in fairness, is this boomer hour? Is this <laughs> is this yeah, like, no, like, <laughs> because like we're just gonna sit around the campfire yeah, and like complain about like yeah. remember when YouTube was only nine nine and an hour?
0: I mean, okay, yeah. so we're we're complaining about some of it. Some of it's legit though, right? Like when, when when Google goes out and kicks out a service from underneath you and now you can't do what you need to do, that's a legit gripe. But in all seriousness, like the the price the price increase. I think I just read an article that Amazon Prime is now 180 bucks a year. Yeah, like for the good Prime. Was, I didn't even yeah, realize it. I had paid attention, man. Yeah. Like I'm like paying double what I used to for for the same thing. Yep.
1: So and part of this is too. Uh, I switched from Android to Apple, and so I started looking at some of my other services. Like, well, you know, like we already had Apple TV, so I can kind of combine and get news and apple music and then it's gonna be cheaper than my spotify plus map you know, so yeah, like calculations yeah, yeah. Uh, but i hate apple music i couldn't do it Sorry, i apple.
0: don't like it as much as spotify however however their sound quality is way yeah. better that was like nice. i just
1: you know like for some reason uh and i had this problem years ago and i forgot about it until it started happening again like uh, it likes to kind of like go on to the, you know, Spotify kind of will go on to the next thing after you've listened to an album or something mm-hmm. and it's like usually relevant and cool and whatever I find new stuff that way for some reason like Apple Music keeps going back to like the same couple songs all the they time so it's like lot. I'll just be listening to something I like and then all of a sudden like this song and it's literally the same song that it used to do years ago uh, it's a song called Baby Blue Sedan every time it comes on now it's like my spine just freezes up like wow <laughs> I hate this song so much because, for some reason, Apple Music just plays it all the time. It's like its default song.
2: I'm never I just can't take I've, it. I don't know that I've had that that problem, and I've never heard of that song
0: well, in uh, fairness, outlaw's been using Apple music for like the past three decades, and yeah. his his playlist is the size
1: of. You know our drive storage space. So yeah, I think it's just because like I had bought like two or three albums on iTunes, like you know way back in the day, and this is like one of them, and happens to be alphabetically the first song. So maybe because I don't have playlists, maybe because I haven't listened a lot, like it just kind of keeps going on to other things I like, used to listen to. Whatever, but oh man, I, I mean, I, I actually, anymore. I I actually have exactly what you want, what you were describing
2: that you would want, where it's like when it does go on to the next song, I've had like. You know, my kids in the car, and they're like, oh, my God, dad, this is a great playlist. What did you make? And I'm like, I didn't even make this one. Yeah. yeah. We ran out of my playlist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a similar type thing because I've been using it for a while now and I've and I'll search for songs to listen to. If you say, hey, play uh, or play songs for me, like you can basically just say that and it will go find interesting things and it does a better job but if you haven't spent much time on it it is awful like it really it frustrated me for a couple months before it got to the point where I was like okay it's getting better so
1: yeah i don't know if you remember this um so i had an iPod and, uh, nano back in the day oh yeah i got uh, i got it one free and uh and i put a couple songs on it and for some reason, the the shuffle on it. Uh, no, sorry, it was. I had the iPod Shuffle. If you remember that, I got one for free. The stick put some version songs in it. or the stick. Yep. Okay. You could, like wear it around your neck or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was. It was tiny, and the shuffle was terrible. Like for some reason, it would play the same songs in the same order a lot. Well, not every time, but there was something about the randomness that just was terrible, and so like it just brought me back to all those memories, and it's like, and it's the same albums from that I listened to back then, like twenty years ago, whatever. And I'm like, I can't take it. Well, since
2: we're since since we are in Boomer Hour, yes. if you remember, yeah. uh or maybe you don't, because you you're talking about the shuffle <laughs> on the original iPods, it was a it was actually like a big to do. Like I remember people like uh, you know in the computer science you know, industry were like uh, taking them apart and trying to reverse engineer it to figure out like how, how random was the random number generator in the iPod so that it could pick the next song or, or like, you know, how, how was that process working? Because people were like fascinated with it when it first came out <laughs> with the random feature on such a tiny little device.
1: That's funny. You know, they didn't have, but- cause
2: it didn't have network connectivity either.
0: Yeah. Speaking of another company that does suck quite a bit like Google does, you know, where they sunset all their things. Why can Apple not just get on the bandwagon with everybody else and choose the same freaking cables that everybody else in the world has? Like Like they're starting to mix them. Huh? Like USB-C? like USB-C. Like they've started trickling into some devices. Like seriously, man, like quit making up your own stuff. But isn't it on all of them now? uh, USB-C is
2: on all of them now.
0: The, yeah, new, five, the new 15. watches come
2: with it. The iPhones nope. come with it. The uh, AirPods co- are, are now uh, the charging cases are USB-C and the iPads
0: no. are no, USB-C. The iPad Pros are USB-C. The iPads are lightning, I believe. So my my iPhone 13 Pro Max, whatever, it's also lightning. So they've just started trickling them in to most everything. But that's what I'm saying. like why well, the iPhone why? 15
2: going to USB C was a big deal. Like that was the first
0: of right, the iPhone right. D- series. Okay. USB C has been out for a minute, right? right? Like why, why Apple do you have to be that way? Like they drive in me. So,
2: okay. Okay. But I could flip the script on that too, because in fairness, the, the idea was a connector that uh, was, you know, it didn't matter which orientation you plugged it in. It worked yeah. the same either way. And That's lightning good. came out first. And it's smaller. So why didn't the industry pick up on it? Now I realize I don't think yeah, I realize now time has passed, and that's what I was about to say. So so they came out with a faster standard, but when Lightning originally came out, you didn't see anyone jumping on that bandwagon either.
0: So I just I I I feel like I feel like Apple is always trying to play the proprietary game when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. I mean the, the dock. I remember people were buying things to put in their house, right? Like building into the walls to be able to put their iPod dock to dock it. And now they're like, Oh, here's lightning. Okay, great. Okay. Now here we are at USBC and it's just like, man, would you guys please just everybody get together. You're all computing platforms, choose a standard and, and use it. That'd be well, amazing. But that's coming to I mean, that was, the EU basically forced that. Oh, is that what happened?
2: Yeah. Okay. They, 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 the whole charging thing of like having multiple charging adapters, it was an EU requirement that, that I
0: guess is they were able to get away with for so long. But that was my understanding. So they did something good because the the cookie pop up on every website is yeah, not right. good from the EU.
2: GDPR not, is a wild even. success. Everybody loves it. Don't even try to
0: deny it. You you know you love it. I think I think even my Google Drive document was like, hey, will you accept cookies on yeah. this? <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. I think I think we've uh, we've boomered this one enough.
2: Oh, boomer hour's over. Well, that's
0: yeah. A- I think I think we're done with <laughs> boomer hour.
2: That's a shame. That was fun. I'm just, I'm still mesmerized because like, did they not put USB-C on the iPads? No. I'm You're listening you. to Boomer Blocks. Yeah, right? Yes, yes, they did on some. Some. Yeah, uh, right. The, the 10th generation iPad is USB-C. Uh, free I- and the iPad, iPad mini. <laughs> so yeah, I was right. They've, they've basically moved their product line to USB-C. So they're starting now. Yeah. Lovely. No, no, they've been start. They they've been transitioning to it because the iPad Pros
0: last year. No, no, no. Like
2: m- I, my iPad Pro, I've had for a couple of years now.
0: It's a USB C. Okay, yeah, my iPad Pros a USB C. The the the, the, the regular iPads work.
2: I mean, you got you gotta love the fact that now. Think about it this way. I had this epiphany the other day. We're still on Boomer Hour. I'm sorry. <laughs> back, I know you tried. Yeah, I know you tried. But this is what ha- this is how Boomers work. This is we we come back. <laughs> One more thing. One more thing. So like, no, but I had this epiphany. I had this epiphany the other day where it was like, we finally, hey, okay, there was a period of time where like you had your Dell laptop and you would go traveling or you would go work at a friend's house or whatever, right? You you would go somewhere with your laptop and you're like, oh crap, I forgot my charger. Well, let me run to Best Buy well, of course, they don't have the very specific charger that I need for this particular laptop model, whatever it is, right? But now we've evolved to a time where like everyone uses, uh, is using USB-C as the, as the standard for the cable connection. So now it's like, oh, I have my Dell laptop, but I forgot my charger. I can go to Best Buy and pick up an Apple charger to charge my Dell by USB-C.
0: Like, as long as that's it's That's pretty strong great, enough, right?
2: Right. As long well, as you can you get hundred and forty watt. watt.
0: Yeah. Why? Well, I mean you can get that hundred and forty watt. God, yeah. what you gonna pay for that from Apple? That's gonna be as much <laughs> as a computer. <laughs>
1: but y'all remember, like uh, I went to um I went to out of state and I was uh staying somewhere, and I somehow I managed to bring the, the charger for my dock and not for my laptop. Ooh. And it looked similar, and I got that it was a Dell laptop. And I couldn't get another charger. I had to go to Best Buy and I bought one that fit, but it literally wouldn't charge the battery. It would just keep it where it was at, and I kept giving warnings. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it was Dell blocking it. Uh, like they uh, they don't support non-Dell uh, oh, chargers, wow. and I couldn't get one. It didn't have you couldn't go into the store for their? I think it was Latitude at the time. So I was like garbage. out of state, like, well, I'm I guess why I maybe have to not work this week. I don't know. Nah. The hundred
2: and forty
0: watt uh, adapter is ninety-nine dollars from Apple, by the oh, way. Oh, that's not terrible. That's what I used to pay for the regular one. So Yeah,
2: yeah. so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, that that would be I mean, on par. Like if you were to buy a Dell one, you know Yeah, they're a hundred bucks. I hold on, yeah. let me
0: rephrase that. Because
2: <laughs> to be clear, Adele does not make power adapters. She makes other great things. <laughs> she makes songs, great music, but uh, power adapters are not one of the many things that yes.
0: she produces. Yes. Hello,
2: and uh, that wraps up Boomer Hour. Uh, All right, we're Again. gonna have. I mean, you know what? I'm now gonna add a new section <laughs> to the show notes from now. Just yeah. so you two have some Boomer like a, a space where this is. You know what? It's a safe space for you two to talk. I need an outlet. Without judgment. <laughs> you know, it's a judgment-free area. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't feel need an like this
1: was judgment-free. Ah, was I, it
0: I, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. It's, it's good enough. So, All right. I, so yeah, for the resources, we will have the one link to yeah. the Gartner, not Gartner, the Gartner document. And, and, is, and, and uh, the uh, YouTube video. YouTube video. Oh, yes, the YouTube video. Dylan Edwards investments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But, but we're not done yet. It's time for Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week. That's right. Let's do it. Hey.
1: So, Dave Follett, super good Dave, uh, mentioned to me the other day uh, this uh, tool called Slidev. So, S L I D E V. We'll have a link there in the show notes. Uh, and what it is, it's a presentation tool, kind of like a PowerPoint type thing that you can do, uh, you know, it's uh, based on Vue, um, VJS, so, so node, you can basically do like an NPM install to get it started. Uh, the syntax is Markdown based. Uh, it's got themes, which are really nice. But also because it's has uh, got, uh, it's basically a website. Uh, it's got some really nice stuff kind of built in that you can do like just web type stuff, like interactions, animations, uh, and just some like normal type web stuff that uh just works there and of course it's the web too so it's also portable so you can deploy it on a website or something really uh easily much better than a pptx file and uh yeah it looks really nice and it's got some really cool stuff uh, particularly with like the console we were showing you so like uh you can have it um kind of like type out the commands and run the commands and kind of show it in the uh in the console and it looks really nice if you're doing uh, some sort of talk or something with technical details where you need to like run commands or whatever so that was really slick and i'll have a link in the show notes I
0: mean, I love it, but I just don't know why anybody would do it over just creating uh, a PowerPoint or uh, what's I'd the other down. one?
2: Yeah, I mean, Markdown. I wouldn't even good. do PowerPoint. I, at this point, like, there would be, you know, like a Google presentation or something. A like Google, that. yeah. Like, like if yeah. you talk to me about, a, a, you said PPTX, and, like, I kind of melted again. I'm like, I'm uh-huh. back to Boomer Hour? Like, why wouldn't <laughs> you? <Yeah. laughs>
0: Office
1: 365, man, like. What keynote Keynote was the other one I was thinking yeah, but if doing. you're presenting at Orlando code camp you you know you need to be worried about whether or not you're gonna have internet access so you know
0: yeah so why not just do PowerPoint or keynote i am just saying.
1: Because those stinks. I got a a whole NPM lot and I gotta right. and hit
2: my uh, presentation hold on a second
0: <laughs> oh man
1: My <laughs> three thousand dollar laptop can't run uh, PowerPoint very well you know the That's thing
2: is, the thing is, is I actually do like this I, I think it's pretty cool. It is
0: cool, and and we love you, Dave.
2: But I promise you, there is an extension for VS Code that probably does it inside of VS Code. So you're like,
0: guess what? I don't need anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, anytime I look at something, it, it, it's the whole reason why WordPress exists, right? Like I, we've talked to several people who do podcasts and they're like, yeah, you know, I write the HTML for the, the page and the, and it, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> if I've got to go in and code the content for an episode, there's no way we're ever going to do it. Like I'm not going to get it done. If I can't copy and paste something and it just turn into a web page, it's over. So, I don't know. Yeah, you just have to restart it every 60 days. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. Hey, look, it's easy. easy. That's easy. All right, so oh, man, I've you got a actually
2: open PowerPoint Envious code.
0: See? Look. Look, man. That's <laughs> yeah. what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> All right, so I've got a couple here. And one is actually because Jay-Z, I don't think we mentioned this, you are Ooh. now a certified Kubernetes
1: Oh, uh, so and I renewed my Google uh, Cloud certification. It's the baby one. Oh, no, I shouldn't say baby one. It's the the lowest level cloud associate, whatever, engineer. Oh, I Nerd. thought you
0: did the Kubernetes one. Okay, well, at no. I- any rate. All Nerd. right, so now we're so, judging. I know. This I know. is what reminded me. Anyways, so if you go to kubernetes.io slash training, we'll have a link in the show notes, uh, you can go get certified in all kinds of, cool Kubernetes stuff. So you can be Kubernetes and cloud native associate, um, cloud native security associate application developer, administrator, or security specialist. So there's all kinds of things you can do. And I could almost guarantee you that having that on your resume wouldn't hurt. So, um, you know, go check that out. They also have a uh, free training resources there at the top of the page, uh, go to, or maybe they're free. I don't know, but they say go to course. So, I would check those out.
2: Would you want to go back to a non-Kubernetes development environment? No. I like
0: Kubernetes. I, I kind of love it a lot. Right? Yeah. Like,
2: I, I, I had this thought, like, as you, were, as you were talking about, like, go get this. And I'm like, yeah, but who's going to want to get it? And then at the same time, I'm like, man, I don't, like, what kind of paycheck would I have to be offered to be like, hey, come <laughs>
0: work over here on-prem servers? Right? Yeah. I mean... I will say, though, I think the three of us have a pretty good working knowledge and understanding of Kubernetes. But, man, if you were to look at it, you, you know how, like, anytime you got interviewed and they'd be like, hey, rate yourself on a 1 to 10 on JavaScript, right? And you knew if you said 10, you, you were about to get blasted. I yeah. feel on Kubernetes, as much as I've worked with it, I'd probably be like, 4? Maybe five. See, you were saying that and I'm like, man, I feel like we only scratched the tip
2: of the iceberg on it because uh, it's like well, well yeah. from what perspective are you thinking about cuz it's not right. like we run the actual uh the clusters. The, 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 the hardware, the node yeah. in the cluster or anything like you know. So there's a lot of like nuts and bolts that you know are are abstracted away from us.
0: Dude, the networking Is insane. The security stuff can be insane. The there's, there's so many things that if you actually scratch a a layer or two deeper than just what you typically do in your developer stuff, man, it gets so deep. And that's, I mean, four might even be generous, right? L- like I might even be like three. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, if and then they'd be like, well, do you know how to deploy something? Like, of course I know how to deploy. Well, you know how to do this? Of course I know how to do that. But right. but, but, the other stuff, yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Is there like a Kubernetes for certification for noobs? Because I will definitely get that, go and get that certification, even though I've been using it like for the past several years now. I absolutely right. love it. I, you know, bang my way through it, you know, on the command line. But I, there's still like, I don't know. I just know where I go look for
0: things. Right.
2: I'll right. do it if you do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's do it. All right. And then I had one other one and, and this is only because I'm about to go on an adventure. This can be really fun. And I want to take notes on this adventure I'm going on. And it, there was a thing. There was a thing that I wanted to do. Is I want to take videos of things, and I want to be able to take notes. Of, you know, like if I video something that I see, then I want to take notes on it, right? And then maybe I want to take a picture and then put some notes on it. And I was looking for things that do it, and OneNote will kind of do it, and and I know that um, what was it? Evernote, Obsidian. But, Yeah. But then I, well, Obsidian wouldn't do it very well. Um, so I'm talking about like on a phone, right. Or, or maybe on a tablet. And I started looking at, uh, notes on iOS and it's actually really, really good, really powerful. So if you've never used it, you could actually be taking notes in the thing and then hit the plus and say, all right, take a video or a photo with the camera. And then you can just put it in there, do the thing and then hit, all right, done. And it'll embed it in the note. And then you take some more notes after it and you can keep doing the same thing. And I found out even a bunch more stuff. So I have a link to a YouTube video. If you're halfway interested in being able to take notes and not have to download some other applications and kind of stuff, if you have an iOS device to watch this video, the guy has all kinds of things like you can set up smart folders um, so that if you put a tag in your note it won't move your note from where you originally created it, but it'll show up in these smart folders because like uh, I'm going to go be looking at speakers and amplifiers and stuff. And so if I do hashtag DAC or pound DAC, then I can have it show up in the thing where I'm actually interested in DACs, right? Or if I'm interested in amplifiers, pound amp and it'll show up there. So, Highly recommend watching the YouTube video. I put it on like 1.75, whatever. It's good enough. You'll be able to blast through it and you can learn matrix style. And it was, it was really good. So highly, highly recommend actually taking a look at the little plain looking notes app in iOS and actually using it. Cause it's really good. There's like a handwriting
2: recognition feature too. If you use a pencil, it Apple will. pencil. Yep.
0: yep. If you use the pencil, it'll actually translate your handwriting into the text. If, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good, man.
2: Yeah. Also convenient way to share information too. Yep. yep. With, with uh, other iOS users, if you want to do that. Um, okay. So for my tip of the week, um, this is now in fairness. Uh, I haven't, I forgot. I meant to go try this tool out beforehand and I forgot. So I apologize for that. But, um, I said last time that I wanted to find a Docker from the bottom. I wanted to find an equivalent of Git from the bottom up, but for Docker. So I was calling it Docker from the bottom up, and so I've been like on this hunt, scouring the internet trying to find uh, something that, that's on par. Because we really loved that series. I mean, I think I felt like it really explained Git very well. Um, what was the guy's name? John something. Um, Any anyway. rate. Uh, so, I wanted to find something similar to that. And in one of the articles that I came across, they were talking about uh, this tool for being able to explore the Docker, uh, your Docker images at the various image layers. And I've done this in the past by using like a Docker inspect or, uh, you know, history to try to like, uh, you know, analyze what's happening. But this is basically like a TUI called Dive that you nice. can, you can, navigate through the layers of your Docker image and see what's what and what's where. And so uh, I'll have a link to the, uh, the GitHub uh, repo for this and hopefully uh, it's good. (laughs) But I haven't had, like I said, I haven't had a chance to use it. So in fairness, that's fair.
0: fair. Um, Hey, I'll put the guy's last name there for you in case you wanted to. uh,
2: Oh yeah. Oh, John, <laughs> God, I remember right now, it was such a struggle when we were doing this series. I want to say it was vegly.
0: There it is. Oh, my God. Nice, oh my so nice. my bag. Got <laughs> it. Oh, God. You don't know how much I'm sweating, man. Like I that actually was... felt his sweat across the, the internet there because we have yeah. the enhanced internet. Here, that was so. the enhanced internet. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. And then just a just a, a callback to the previous tip of the uh, week because you were asking, you were talking about the disabling the links in iOS. So we talked about that in episode, I believe it was one sixty nine. Uh, it was one of the tips of the week, and the trick is the the one thing that kind of sucks to your credit is that it's not like you go poking through the settings and you disable it. Uh. There. Instead, you have to like preview one first. So you have to know that like the one that you're about to preview is safe. And then to on the top right, there's a link to or a button to hide the preview. And then once you do that, anytime you like do a, a, a tap and hold or force, is it force or just like I don't you think press on it anymore? It's just tap and hold. Yeah. Then, then it will uh,
0: just show you the, the link instead. So dumb. Yeah. But, but there's definitely force touch on that
2: there. though. Like that's how, like, this
0: is there. Yeah. They kind of got rid of all their force touch interactions. Though, right. Like they, they tried it for a hot minute and then they're like, yeah, we'll just go back to long holds or whatever. But it's not, it's not, it's not,
2: it's not,
0: it's not a tap though. There's definitely like, yeah. Like on the flashlight, for instance, um, you, no, that doesn't do it either. I can't even remember. Are there any apps that do it anymore? No, I don't have anything that force touches anymore. I mean,
2: you definitely uh, get the haptic feedback, but yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah, I think they got rid of the force touch, even though it still is screen sensitive. I think if you like play the piano on, um, well, I can't even think of the name of it anymore, but their, their music app. Garage band. Yeah. I think that it will actually, I think it's touch sensitive. Like if you That's push cool. it harder, it'll actually play harder. Hmm. Now you'll, you'll be sitting there tapping on it all night. Cause it is actually fun to <laughs> do. All
2: right. Well, uh, you know, thanks again for listening to another, uh, you know, fun episode of Boomer Hour.
0: <laughs> See you next time. Hey, no, oh. no. Yeah. So, um, you can subscribe to us okay, so on iTunes, Spotify. And <laughs> I think it's funny that my Google just responded to, okay, Boomer. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, that's <laughs> awful. Hey, also, if you haven't left us a review, go ahead and do that. Um, check out codingblocks.net slash episode 222. You'll find our show notes and all that stuff here. Check us out on Slack. We've got an amazing Slack community, and I think that's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we also have an X account.
0: We do have an X account. We also have a YouTube account and we got it early and it's youtube.com slash codingblocks or you can go to codingblocks.net and find all our social links there at the top of the page. And with that, we out.